This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So, uh, another player from the Western Hockey League getting drafted in the first round tonight. Samuel Hodzik from Vancouver in the Western Hockey League goes to the Calgary Flames 16th overall. 6,395 pounds. Uh, so we got one, two, three, four. Five Western Hockey League players in the top 16. We have not seen a player taken out of the Ontario Hockey League or the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So, yeah, WHL uh, looking pretty good as Detroit is coming up to make their second pick of the first round. Connor Bedard, as expected, first overall to the Ducks. Leo Carlson, second overall to Sweden. Adam Fantilli. Uh, goes to Columbus, third overall of note, Matvey Michkov goes seventh overall to uh, Philadelphia, the Russian player who uh, may not even be able to play here because of his KHL contract until 2026. So uh, just a quick look at some of the highlights so far as uh, Detroit getting set to make its selection. Tough news for the Edmonton Elks. Receiver Geno Lewis, as uh, tweeted out by Dave Naylor, a few minutes ago on the six-game injured list. I told you off the top of the show that he was not going to play Friday, and, uh, well, we might not see him for a while. We might not see him for a while. Geno Lewis out Friday and beyond for uh, your Edmonton Elks. They play in Ottawa. It's on 6.30, Chad, 4 o'clock for the countdown to kick off at the game, uh, and the game will be at 5.30. Both those teams looking for their first wins of the season. Really, uh, over the last couple of years, I guess the uh, bottom two teams in the CFL, looking at how it's gone. Edmonton and Ottawa on Friday, Winnipeg at Montreal on Saturday, and then the holiday Monday has BC at Toronto. BC 3-0, Toronto 2-0. Just three games in the CFL this week. They got three teams on buys. Baseball tonight. We got the Blue Jays leading the Giants 6-1. That is in the bottom of the eighth. Reed Wilkins with you, 780-496-0063. If you want to get in touch, uh, that is the hotline. Presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can email the show, sports at 630ched.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And it is uh, going to Detroit, Axel Sandine Pelica, defenseman out of Sweden. First name is Axel. I'm only gonna, I can only assume, Kellen, his parents named him after Axel Rose. Is it A-X-L or A-X-E-L? Oh, it's A-X-E-L. Yes. Okay. So is Axel Rose just AXL? Yes, just AXL. Oh, right. Yeah. How could I forget? Well, they could have done their own spelling. Yeah, I mean, the, what's the Swedish interpretation of Axel? Right? Do you know what Axel Rose's uh, name was at birth? Well, not at birth. What he was named shortly after being born. <laughs> uh, you know what? I probably did that one time, but it just escapes me right now. I just looked it up. I didn't know this. His name was William Bruce Rose. 
Oh, cool. And his name is now W. Axel Rose. W. Axel Rose, yeah. Yeah, so his last name really is Rose. Yeah. Right on. Hey, there we go. That is your uh, inside sports fun fact for the evening. (laughs) All right. Uh, We're hoping to have Jack Michaels join us in a couple of minutes. And uh, Blake Dermott is coming up a little bit later on. Kind of a fluid show. We've had a couple people check in live from the draft, Jody Brar and, and Jody Shelley. And, uh, oh, well, before we, let's introduce Jack with some classic uh, audio from this past season. In overtime. Deadlocked at four. Edmonton has never led. Hyman left wing for the win. He shoots and scores. Zach Hyman. This game is over. This series is tied. 5-4. Edmonton in overtime. Yes, uh, one of the biggest highlights from this past season. Zach Hyman in overtime on uh, April 23rd to beat the Los Angeles Kings. 5-4. Oilers would go on to win the series. And Jack Michaels joins us now. Jack, haven't talked to you in a while, man. How have you been? I've been good, Reed, and obviously looking forward to, you know, another season ahead where the Oilers figure to be, again, in a conversation of, uh, you know, top eight. And that's ultimately all you can ask for is year in, year out, you know, have an opportunity to put yourself in a position where, uh, you know, you're going to have a crack at, at being, you know, one of the final 16 and one final eight and uh, the Oilers have had one experience of being in the final four you got to keep giving yourself opportunities and I think you know the way things will shake out regardless of what happens at the draft or what happens in free agency I, I think Edmonton generally thought to be again on the short list of realistic title contenders for next year I, I can't help but think Jack and of course with COVID things were have been different since you know March of 2020 because that year's draft was in October and then 2020 was pretty much a virtual draft. Uh, we didn't go last year in Montreal. We're not there this year, and I just can't help but think how different it feels. Like, I first went in 2014. You'd gone at least a few years prior to that, and unfortunately, because the Oilers being so bad, there was a, there was more hype around the draft than there was Oilers games late in the regular season when you knew they missed the playoffs. Like, like I got to tell you, I haven't had a friend, uh, a colleague. I don't think we've had a text or a call to this show saying, who are the Oilers going to take at 56? Like, it's not apathy because oil country is so uh, dedicated and so knowledgeable, but it's it's certainly, uh, I think there's more about free agency and resigning, you know, Bouchard, right. McLeod, are they going to keep well, Yen, Mark, and Bukestad? Well, in the top 200, yeah, right? like, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> not only are you talking about 56, but you're not talking about anything after that. Right. Until, you know, 220 or whatever it is. I mean, it, you know, I it's not that it's not that far, but you get my you get my point there is that they really don't have you know at, at this point anyways. Now there there's always the possibility that they try to package 56 into a you know a third and a fourth or something along those lines. But you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, the and and to be honest with you, that that's where the focus should be. The focus should be on free agency. 
and you know the regular season and playoffs every year, and not so much the draft. Because if the if your if your primary focus, and so for for many years it was. I mean, Bob and I not only used to go to the draft, but we would go to the combine. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, I don't. You know, I'm kind of glad that you know right now we're not in a position where either you know the mothership six thirty Chad or or in my case you know the Oilers have a great interest in in a number of bodies at the draft because it means that the team is used some of that capital to you know to stock their team now eventually you know that runs out and you know i that that is the most curious thing about whether this window has another two or three years or whether the window is in fact another five or six years or maybe even six or seven and that's going to you know be dictated upon what happens with Drysdale and McDavid in a couple of years, but uh, there's no question that you know. Look, we used to have fun at the draft, but ultimately, I think if you're a contending team, uh, you don't necessarily want too many resources at the draft because it uh, it means you've had a tough season in most cases. Well, we'll take people behind the scenes a little bit. And, and even in the few years I did it, uh, we did it a variety of different ways. We always did the entire first round. We're, we're not doing that live tonight. I'm updating people. Uh, and then we did different things through rounds two through seven. Sometimes we just did like a one or two hour show or a three hour show. I, I remember or live one, interviews. Or, or, yeah, or, live or, interview cut-ins. Yeah, yeah, we do live cut-ins. Uh, you know, sometimes we were up against an Elks game, so the, that game would be on. Uh, but like, I remember one year we did like start of round two all the way to the end of round seven. I remember you and me and Bob were sitting together and like, let's face it, Jack, We, as much as we can look things up and you get stats packs and you talk to people, like the guy taking 170th overall in the fifth round or sixth round, and I remember there was this one point we were talking, like we're clearly just filling, and we all just kind of stopped, and we all just kind of looked at each other <laughs> like nobody said anything because it's almost like, what, what? We've been going for three hours. We've probably got another 90 minutes. I guess we're taking a, a, a pit stop because uh, that second day is um, – the draft is exciting to go to, but I would say this, this, the second day can drag on a little bit. Well, yeah, and, and to be honest with you, I, I you know, in my particular role with the – with the travel, I, you know, I don't get to, you know, as many Oil Kings games as I'd like. And, and therefore, you know, some of my, you know, junior hockey knowledge is, is a bit of a cram job. I mean, I, you know, there's, there's some cramming that went into that preparation for the show we used to do every year. I mean, I, you know, I'd be lying if I sat here and, and, and told you that I knew much beyond you know, the first two rounds of the draft. And after that, it was guys that, you know, you were vaguely aware of, or in some cases had never heard of at all. And if, if they weren't playing in the Western Hockey League, chances are you didn't know who they were. I mean, you know, you know, OHL and, and the Q, you know, I mean, realistically, you know, how, how many of those games do we have an opportunity to really pay attention to, you know, and, and then you you know get into the European players and and some of the players that are drafted out of American high school or the North American League and and you're really uh, delving into areas of interest that that exceed what what our resources allow 
during the course of an NHL season. So it, it did become a, a challenge, a fun challenge. I mean, we always had a good time, and, and we would often poke fun at the fact right. that we were, in many cases, just reading something, you know, right off a, right off a, you know, a yellow line report or whatever the resources uh, to our availability. But I mean, that's you know, look, uh, for some of us, that's how we got through high school too. So, you know. <laughs> It was a bit of a bit of a Coles notes at times uh, in terms of cramming for that second day of the draft. But you know, it was always good to see people, uh, the other people from other teams, and and the, you know, the nice thing, the, the most memorable, you know, times at the draft were when you saw you know significant trades or or a bit of a shock on the draft floor. Didn't always happen, but when it did, it, it added a little spice, uh, especially to that second day. Well, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because the, the one moment, like 2015 was special for the obvious reason uh but but don't forget that's the day camp talbot became an oiler and, and i know you know after the 16 17 year his play dropped off a little bit but that that was i mean getting mcdavid is, is the moment but that that trade if you look back at that 16 17 season getting talbot that day as well that was massive because they you know they they as good as everybody else was in 16-17, uh, where would have they been without Talbot playing the way he did that year? Well, if you'll recall, and I mean to some somewhat of your amusement and Bob's amusement, I would say, you know, that Connor McDavid was kind of the consensus most valuable player in the league that year. And, and I think you remember me saying, I'm not even sure he's the MVP on his own team. Yeah. And that wasn't a slight on McDavid. He had a fabulous season. He had 100 points. And, you know, he was one of the you know primary reasons the Oilers, you know, charged their way into the postseason and, and broke that long drought. I mean, remember, that was that was 11 years we were talking about. So, uh, but, but for me, the, the fact that, and, and again, I'm not, you know, Connor Hellebuck is the one guy that's, that's challenged it, but you know, Cam Talbot played in 73 games that year. He not only was good, but he was a workhorse and, and, you know, was, was absolutely tremendous and, and continued his fine play uh, through the first round series against San Jose. And, you know, what, what ultimately hurt Talbot was, you know, in three of his four seasons as an oiler, he got off to a slow start and ultimately kind of torpedoed Edmonton's chances, uh, you know, for a postseason run. Because as you know, when you're 10, 12 points out at American Thanksgiving, you, you just never make that ground up. And, and even though he had strong second halves, that, that for me, you know, kept Talbot from, from really being one of the all-time great oiler goalies is uh, he just had three sluggish first halves, if you look at his four years. He was always good in the second half, and of course in 2017, he was spectacular throughout. Winnipeg Jets have taken Colby Barlow out of uh, Owen Sound, so the first Ontario Hockey League player to get picked. That is uh, 18th overall. Uh, Again, we, you and I, all joking aside, we do a pretty good job of staying in touch. We haven't uh, done that as well the last f- five or six weeks. I do obviously follow you on Instagram. I I thought you were home, but you still might be on the road here. So I, I do feel a little, you know, I don't ever feel very bad, but I might actually feel a little bad if I interrupted a holiday. No, no, that's, uh, I actually came down. I was asked to be a guest speaker at the ECHL summer meetings in Las Vegas, and I apologize 
a couple minutes went by. I just had the phone on silent because I did a presentation today and forgot to take my phone off silent. So that was my bad in terms of being a little tardy for your show tonight. But yeah, no, just uh, more of a, you know, kind of a working holiday, uh, you know, a little pool time, but also, uh, you know, wanted to kind of, you know, like I said, I, uh, I enjoyed my time and it, it carved out a, a significant portion of what I bring to the table these days on the air in the NHL, what I did in the minor leagues for so many years. And, and as you know, and, and, and as have kind of observed from a distance, uh, you know, quite a few people I crossed paths with, you know, way back when have, have made their way into the national hockey league. And, and, you know, similar to junior hockey, uh, minor pro hockey, uh, you meet a lot of the, a lot of the people on the way up. And I imagine I'll meet uh, a bunch of them on the way down too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, Jack, you'll be on top for a long time. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for doing this. I, I hope to see you soon. I, I really appreciate it. And that's cool. You got to uh, reconnect with the ECHL in, uh, in, in Vegas. So I guess, I guess a trip to Vegas is okay. If you got to go somewhere. So hundred percent read And You know what? You and I, we might have to go to an Elks game together. You know, maybe that's the, that's the key to break. That might be the streak. fix. I know. Eh? Get, Jeez. Getting them in the, getting them in the W column. I, uh, uh, you know, I, I like the fight late against Toronto, but we got to find a way to break through. Yeah, well, but I, I, I said it'll do this. I, I know the home losing streak gets all the attention, and, and it, I, it is a story, but they just need to win anyway. I mean, they only got nine wins in their last 44 regular season games going back to the middle of 2019. So and we'll see. It, maybe it maybe a new true. quarterback, right? Maybe a new quarterback Friday. Reed, what I, what I was shocked at, and correct me if I'm wrong, did I hear it right? That that elk shutout loss on the road was their first since 1976. Is that correct? It was their first shutout loss since '76. Yes, they have a few shutout victories. They have three right. this century. But yes, first shutout loss since. So we were. Uh, I was two. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that. I. I, w- I have to admit, I-, I did not realize it had been that long. And obviously, they've had such, you know, tremendous teams starting with the cup runs, you know, in in '78, two years after the fact. But I would not have, I would not have been able to tell you that it had been 47 years since the shutout loss. I I, I was stunned. Well, in, in, a, in a league where you can get a point by punting or true, yeah, yeah I mean, there's a lot of I mean, scoring, 100. percent Yeah, I, it still took me aback. I have to admit. Yeah, I. I, I I agree. Well, hopefully, you know, we we've been there covering teams that are having a tough time so hopefully the double e better figure days out. ahead better days ahead right okay uh let me know when you're back in edmonton buddy we'll go for lunch or something all right reed thanks for having me on the show that is jack michaels checking in play-by-play voice for the oilers does uh, games on sportsnet west of course does games on 630 ched as well cam moon does the uh, games on ched when jack's on tv love having him on the show cool that he got to go to vegas to do some uh, echl stuff as well we have oliver moore out of the u.s under 18 team drafted 19th overall by chicago the hawks also drafted first overall no surprise they took Connor bedard it's inside sports on chet all right so if uh, you're watching that elks game on friday uh here's the thing red blacks fans might be saying about the elks quarterback who's that guy if it's jared daigie and elks fans might be saying about the red blacks quarterback tyree adams who's that guy 
Chris Jones He's a good player. A Tyree uh, went by Western Carolina, and they were telling me, uh, you know, that how good a player he was and how highly they thought of him. And so he's he's an excellent player. He can stand in. He's not he's not nervous in the pocket. He can make uh, most, if if not every throw. Um, he like I say, he can buy time for himself. He's very poised. Uh, he can run the zone read and RPO. So I mean, he's a solid kid. All right, we got Blake Dermott coming up inside sports on Chet. 